You lucky on that day I was acting cool, cuz. I told you I ain't got time for that, but nigga, today I got time, cuz. Let's do this shit. One. Single. Simulcast. Single Simulcast, episode 205. Um, took some time off. Glad to be back. Glad you're here. Uh, if you're checking me out, I appreciate it. Share it with your friends. This one's going to be a uh, pretty much dual, uh, dual-headed show um, in that I am looking at two things that I really need to talk about today more than anything else. If I get to other things afterwards, that's a bonus. But right now, the world is a shitty, shitty place. And nobody wants to talk about it. And if they do want to talk about it, they want to give excuses for why it's the way it is. And I'm going to tell you straight out. The reason why the world is the way it is, is because of people like the folks we follow on Facebook. The people like the folks we are friends with on Facebook. The people whose comments we approve of on Facebook. And this is the problem. When you start approving people's comments, and you always are right there for their comments and and just granting them uh, leeway with their thoughts and their comments and then one day they just get all the way out of pocket what do you do then how do you check your friend my homeboy william j jackson from the father Teresa's wine cellar my homegirl feeny loco again from the father Teresa's wine cellar and um massage nor exposed and things of that nature check them out on blog talk radio they did a show on uh sunday no, Saturday, because Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday, so Saturday, called Check or Talk to Your Homeboys, uh, talking about misogyny, things of that nature. And I was involved in it. It was, it was really informative. I had a really good time. And again, if you're checking me out, uh, feel free to send a voicemail to 916-572-9016. Uh, send an email to singlesimulcast at gmail.com and leave a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate that. Um, and we got a lot of thoughts out there, a lot of very important things out there. But one thing that we didn't get to talk to our homeboys about was uh, racism. Veiled Racism, thinly veiled racism from people that you would least expect it from. People that you just thought were like the nicest people in the world, you know? And it's just like, no. No, they're not. Cam Newton was in the Super Bowl yesterday. Today is Monday, February the 9th, the 8th, the 8th. The eighth, I think, whatever doesn't matter. It's either the eighth or the ninth. Um, he was in the Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers were in the Super Bowl after they uh, beat my Seahawks um, to get there, and um, they played against the Broncos. And the Broncos uh, have a great defense and a horrible quarterback. And the Panthers have a great defense and a wonderful quarterback, but horrible are horrible receivers and a shaky offensive line at times. So the game happened. Uh, the two defenses took out the offenses. Uh, the thing is, the Broncos offense made less mistakes than the uh, 
Panthers offense. Uh, the Panthers offense had some fumbles, some uh, a lot of drop catches, like a litany of drop catches, like all the dropped catches. Um, or dropped passes, because if it was a dropped catch, it would be caught. Um, drop passes, fumbles, um, no line protection, so they were unable to really run their uh, option or run it at all. Um, meanwhile, the Broncos, their quarterback did piss all, and their running back did his best impersonation of Marshawn Lynch at times, stiff-forming people to get, like, 48-yard runs. I think that was the longest one in the game, something like that. But the bottom line is this. The Panthers lost. And it wasn't a big loss. It wasn't by a big amount, I mean. It was like 17 to 10. It was um, maybe 19 to 10, something like that. All I know is that I didn't win the uh, pool for the Super Bowl party that I was at, which... Okay, I didn't even know how to win until somebody told me after the game. So even if I had one, I don't know if they would have told me. But um, so Cam Newton loses. Uh, the Broncos win. They show a picture of Eli Manning in the window looking all sad and stuff like he's about to get left out in the cold again, which was funny. Uh, I thought that was special. And then I left the Super Bowl party because I was... Uh, I had eaten pizza and drank some tequila, and I was ready to go home. So we went home, and everything was good. I didn't even see the press conference. I didn't stick around. I stuck around to see long enough for uh, uh, Von Miller to get the uh, MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, which he deserved. He played great. Um, and shout-out to Kojak and my homegirl, Billy. Uh, they're basically two out of three of the only Broncos fans I know. Um, the other one doesn't listen to the show, so whatever. Um, if he does listen, Robert, you too. Um, but I wake up today and go to work. I go to work at 6.30 in the morning. It's pretty awesome because I get off work at like 3 o'clock, so that's dope. Um, and when I step into the office and uh, sit down at my computer, um, I see the Cam Newton... Uh, had a bad time at the press conference after the game um, and that he uh, walked out. That's what everybody is saying, that he walked off the stage of the press conference after answering just a few one-word questions. Um, and so everybody was saying that he was horrible. I don't know how you would deal with being in the biggest game of your life, something that you dreamed about your entire life, and you finally get there and you lose. And you didn't perform at your best. You didn't do everything that you could have to secure the win. But um, you get kind of salty. You don't really want to talk to people. It's not about being a poor loser. It's about just being emotionally invested in the game or in whatever it is you're doing. I... Empathize, 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 empathize. There it is. Empathize with Cam. Um, because while I've never been in that situation, I coach youth basketball. And I know from a stamp, from my standpoint, that if the games that I'm coaching, if we lose, I'm put out. You want to win. The emotions are high. Nobody wants to lose. 
And nobody wants to lose on the biggest stage, you know? So to perform well enough to get to the championship, to perform enough, to perform well enough to get to the Super Bowl, the highest of the high, and lose to a limp-armed old fogey like Peyton Manning and the Broncos has to be frustrating. It has to be. I can understand that. I can see that. And this is first Super Bowl. You know, I can understand him being upset. If you're not upset about losing in this game, in this situation, I don't know what's wrong with you. Every time my team loses in a championship or in a game, I'm hurt. So to lose in the biggest one, nah, I I feel him. But that's the difference between me and a whole heap of people, along with the fact that um, I I didn't bet on the game. I guess my bet was equal because it was a Super Bowl pool, so it was the points of both teams or something like that. I still don't understand it, but... The big difference is, I guess I didn't bet on the game, or I guess Cam Newton didn't beat my team as badly as he beat everybody else's team, even though the Seahawks got mollywopped, they got their brains blown out, they got beat up, and I blame Nisha, because Nisha turned around to me after that game, or before that game, and said, you know what, I think Russell Wilson is a great quarterback and he is an honorable man and I really like him and I'm starting to like the Seahawks and Russell immediately threw two interceptions in the first quarter and we got blown the fuck out. Well, we lost by like, you want to think about that shit. Anyhow. So my team got beat as a lot of other teams did. The, 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 the team went 15 and one in the season, Right. Right? Is that what uh, is it? Was that the Panthers' record, fifteen and one? I think it was. Anyhow, they didn't lose very much this season at all. And when they won, people were mad because every time they scored a touchdown, they would dab. Or they would do the folks. Or they would do some sort of celebration. And people were just upset about that. So upset. So when Cam Newton uh, tersely left the interview podium of the press conference, a lot of people said that um, he was acting out. That he was being immature. And... I mean, when I say I spent the whole day arguing this, I spent the whole day arguing this because I I didn't care about the Super Bowl. My team wasn't in it. I was just going to sit back and enjoy it and watch it. But what I do care about, what I care about a whole lot is racism. I care about racism being in public places and being co-signed by other racists. I care about that. I care about people dogpiling on people. I care about bullies who are getting on somebody for them being emotional. And so when these things started happening, I started calling them out on it. And I'm going to use initials uh, that may have been changed to protect the idiots who said it because I am not getting sued over this. 
I don't know how libel works. I don't know how any of that works. But these jerks really said this stuff. This is real life, real world, real word stuff. So one guy that I know who goes by the initials of JL uh, said, and what did I say about Cam before the game? Classless punk. He is no MVP. J.J. Watt is the MVP. Cam is not a leader or face or of the NFL. He's a peacock only when he wins. Son of a bitch. Give me just one moment. Uh, Texans record. The Texans went 9-7 this season in a really shitty division, but I'm asleep. Anyhow. He was talking about how Cam Newton walked off in the middle of the Super Bowl press conference. And some of his uh, folks hopped into his circle and started talking. And one person whose initials are LK said Cam was the MVP of the regular season. And I didn't agree with his behavior and got into it for hours on ex-NFLer Adrian Ross's and his peeps tonight. Just a sore loser. And to be a leader, you have to lead while winning or losing. And that got likes. Seriously, these are things people think. Uh, Somebody with the initials of BK said that he's a big baby. Somebody with the initials of DQ said that he's a punk. Um, One guy, this was really funny. um, Whose initials are HO said he's a child. It's so easy to be gracious in victory. It takes care to be gracious in defeat. Shame on you, child. And let's stop right there to talk about Bill Romanowski uh, calling out Cam Newton on Twitter by saying, boy, that mindset isn't allowed in the NFL. You should be ashamed of yourself. Two things. One, Cam Newton is the same dude who spit on somebody in the league. Cam Newton, or sorry, Bill Romanowski is the same dude who spit on somebody in the league. He is a known steroid abuser just a vaunted hated man and just a a, a, a idiot an absolute idiot and um the other thing about bill romanowski that i noticed because he really did uh delete the tweet right after he said it you know because he just wanted to get it out there and then he wanted it stricken from the record but it's never really stricken from the record when it's on the internet and people forget that especially when you do steroids and blow your mind up he put you'll never last in the nfl with that attitude the world doesn't revolve around you boy now two things one like i said he's an idiot who spit in the face of uh a, a player um I wish I could remember off the top of my head who he spit in the face of. Um, He is also a scaredy cat. Now he spit in the face of a black player. Um, Other athletes told Sports Illustrated that Romanowski referred to other black players privately as niggers. Um, But what I can tell you is that Uh, Bill Romanowski is a coward because Bill Romanowski said this stuff about Cam Newton and didn't even put Cam Newton's name into it. He said that he was never last in the NFL with that attitude. The world doesn't revolve around you, boy. And then put it in a hashtag instead of mentioning him, like putting him at me or dap me. He put it into the hashtag. That's a bitch made move, dog. And for you to be such a big, bad dude and your opinion is so vaunted and so uh, 
esteem to you. You showed everybody what your true colors were by that hashtag. That's real talk. That's the first thing that went through my mind when I heard about that. You couldn't even tell this dude to his face what you thought. Aren't you an announcer now? What? What are you? Like, where do you even get the the, the opportunity to say stuff like this? But anyways, I digress. So this guy says, shame on you, child. And I came back and I said, he's not a child. And you wouldn't speak of Manning, Brady, or any other quarterback as such. Show some class. And then the first guy who uh, initially made the post said, he just acted like one. You have to admit. And then the, the initial guy came back and said, yes, I would. And why wouldn't I? I have been impressed by him all season. When you behave badly, you should get called on it. Character shows up in adversity. I bet his mom has given him a real talking to. Wait, wait, wait. I bet his mom gave him a real talking to. The mature thing for him to do would be to admit his actions were wrong, apologize to everyone and show some humility and graciousness everyone would then admire his courage these things really happened today these are really the conversations that were had today and so um i put no i i i don't think that um, I don't think that I have to admit that he acted like a, a big baby or a or a a classless punk. And y'all sound really bad right now, like really bad. His mom has given him a talking to. Do you think Camp like seriously? Do you think Cam Newton is six, or is it because you see him as a boy? By the way, this is the part where y'all are going to think that I'm racist for mentioning that all of these views and these posts are patently, are patently offensive and you should all be ashamed. And then the original or this guy who called him a child came back and said he has tremendous respect for his mother. I know that no matter how old I got, my mother was never bashful about giving me a talk to when I thought when she thought I needed it. I gather you don't think that his behavior was childish. That's interesting. And I said, no, I don't. I do, however, think that y'all are going just a bit too much on Monday morning quarterbacking. And I'm glad he respects his mom. Most children do. What she has to do with his demeanor during a game or after a game is moot, however. And if you think she's on your side instead of her son, who, again, had just lost the biggest game of his life, you're deluded. These folks are talking about classless punks and all that, but nobody wants to mention the fact that um, Carson Palmer was telling folks to suck it when he threw that touchdown against the Seahawks, I want to say. Nobody was getting on Kirk Cousins when he was yelling out, you like that, after games. Nobody called him a classless punk. Nobody's talked about Johnny Manziel, who assaulted his girlfriend, threatened her with a gun, threatened to kill both of them. That was just a couple days ago. Nobody's talking about that. And this guy said, show these kids that look up to you how to be a decent person. If you see nothing wrong with his behavior, then it makes me wonder. What behavior? 
These folks got issues with Cam Newton because he was dancing after he scored touchdowns. But you know what he did after he scored those touchdowns and he danced? He gave footballs to children in the crowd. He went out on Christmas and gave gifts to the less fortunate. He hosted a seven-on-seven tournament for kids in his neighborhood. He does everything. He does make a wish. He donates money. He has a charity. He works at food banks. He does everything. And you don't do anything. And you call him classless because he dances and he won the MVP and he is not bowed by what you think of him. And he's in Carolina in Charlotte and he is cowed by the racists who want to see him fall. And so when he finally falls, you're just there waiting to just prey on him. But the thing is, these are folks in California saying this. This dude with the initials of uh, JK said, I guarantee you Peyton Manning wouldn't have acted that way. And I let him know real quick that uh, in 2010, Peyton Manning stormed off the field in the Super Bowl. Didn't shake hands with anybody. Got called out on it, too. A lot. A whole article was written about him. And um, the article that was written about him was wildly skewed in his favor. Let's talk about privilege. The fact that the article uh, that was written in 2010 said Peyton Manning didn't shake hands with New Orleans Saints players after his Indianapolis Colts lost 31 to 17 in Super Bowl, whatever. Apparently, some think this is a sign of poor sportsmanship from the NFL's greatest player. It's not. Walking off the field without congratulating Drew Brees may go against our misguided notion of what sportsmanship should be, but it wasn't at all disrespectful or bitter. It shows how much Peyton Manning wanted to win the game, and who can argue about that? I also mentioned the fact that Peyton Manning uh, shook hands with Cam Newton right after the game, said Cam was... Um, had Cam. Well, there's pictures. Cam had a huge smile on his face. Was very gracious in defeat. Folks didn't hear that. All they wanted to say was, "Wow, he's a crybaby." Um, my homeboy Gerard said he's a competitor who was beaten down and disappointed. Y'all show less class and didn't get hit once today. And if you did, it wasn't by Von Miller or Demarcus Ware. Quit being so quick to judge someone unless you've been in his place and showed more grace. And then that guy said, I have been beaten down. Only a child behaves the way he did. I understand disappointment. Be a man. And the original poster said, Gerard, not just today, all year, taking opposing fans' flags and defacing them, running from the media when they lose, throwing temper tantrums in the end zone, losing was not my issue. Passion is not the issue. Being a pro and acting like a team leader is my issue. If you want to, and he put this in capitals, if you want to dab and strut when you win and walk around like a peacock and be all that, this is a white guy. I need you to know that all these folks are white. All the people in this comment, everybody that I've mentioned so far is white. So knowing that he's white, let me say these things again. If you want to, and again, you can guess which words are in all caps by the way that I say it, right? I hope so. 
If you want to dab and strut when you win, walk around like a peacock and be all that, then, especially as a QB in a face of a franchise, you must handle the loss with class and be professional. Not like losing, but be a pro. You ever see Romo, Montana, Favre, Rodgers, Manning, Warner, Breeze, Aikman, heck, even Kaepernick even do that. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, who when he scored a touchdown on when they were playing against the Panthers in the playoffs a couple seasons back, did the Superman thing. That Colin Kaepernick. Okay, so uh, then I responded by saying Tom Brady did walk out of a press conference after a loss. It was last season. It was against the Dolphins. And uh, this guy came back and said, that's why I didn't name Tom Brady in my list. They are so good at pointing out or, or lambasting somebody. But then as soon as you point out how they're wrong, they'll just flip the script and say, well, I never mentioned him in the first place because I knew. You know what I'm saying? Another guy came up and said he's a chump. Um... Let's see. A guy said it was uh, that, well, one of my homeboys came in and said the real reason why Cam Newton left the uh, Super Bowl uh, press conference was because there was a ass. Well, there was a player from the Broncos. I don't know why the NFL did this. It was the first time they've ever done it in history. But they had the uh, winning team and the losing team in the same room, in the same area, separated by a curtain. So while Cam Newton is uh, speaking to the press on his side, he can hear what's going on on the other side. And I want you to listen to this. So while he's doing his press conference, that voice you heard wasn't Cam. That was somebody from the Broncos talking and Cam is just sitting there listening and shaking his head while he hears these people talking bad about him. And he's right there, dog. If I'm sitting right next to you and you're talking bad about me and I'm right behind you. Whether you know it or not, if I hear you say something about me, I'm going to be a bit pissed off. And especially right after I lose a game, if I lose a game and then you're like, yo, you know what? This dude sucked. You might have to see these hands. Real talk. You and me might have to have a conversation with fists. We might have to use some sign language. We might have to talk with our hands like Helen Keller out that piece. So, uh, again, Denver corner Chris Harris, who has been vocal about Cam Newton in the past, was talking bad about Cam's performance right in Cam's ear. Instead of hearing the interviewers, Cam was hearing Chris yell, throw the ball. Can you throw the ball? And that's why he left. And in this whole thing, in, 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 and even in this thing that's pointing out why he left, there's still people who are saying, 
Well, sometimes you have to put on your big boy panties. People make excuses for bad behavior about their idols. Yes, the other guy was a jerk, so what? Suck it up, cupcake. Oh, and by the way, no, I'm not a Broncos fan. No, you're not. You're just a racist. Because when people act badly, you see and empathize with their situation. If they are acting badly for no reason, then you can call them out on it. But if they're hurting, if they are in a situation where they just, like I said, lost the biggest game in their life, in his life, dog, show some empathy, show some support. Show this man some love. Give this man some peace. Honestly, he didn't even have to talk. He didn't even have to get up and talk to the press. He could have just said, fuck y'all, I'm going home. What are you going to do? Find me? But he's the leader of his team. They win as a team. They lose as a team. He is the leader of his team. So he went. He went and he spoke with the press and he heard what they were saying. He heard what they were doing and the NFL set them up like that. That is. That's messed up by the NFL on the NFL side. That's that's they've never done that before. Between this and and what happened with Marshawn last season and, and Richard Sherman the season before that, man, fuck the NFL and fuck their fans. A lot of y'all are some jackasses. Oh, and did I mention that Peyton Manning said, and I quote, I tell you, Cam couldn't have been nicer to me. He was extremely humble. He uh, congratulated me, wished me the best. I told him just congratulations on his outstanding season and just what a great future he has ahead of him. He'll be back in that game, I can promise you. So I've been on that side of it. It's tough. It's not an easy pill to swallow, but he was very nice to me, and I really appreciated that. Don't believe me? Watch. Hey, Peyton, at the end of the game, you, you went to the center of the field and you and Cam Newton had a moment together. Can you tell me what he said to you and what you said to him? Sure, i tell you, uh, 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 Cam couldn't have been nicer to me. He was extremely humble. Huh. Extremely humble. That is crazy. Somebody literally just said that. He congratulated. He congratulated him. Congratulated me. Uh, wished me the best. Wow, this computer, this uh, connection is bad. Hey, tell you, uh, 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 Cam couldn't have been nicer to me. He was extremely humble. He congratulated me. Uh, wished me the best. I told him, uh, just congratulations. <clears throat> On his hey, Peyton, at the end of the game, you, you went to the center of the field and you and Cam Newton had a moment together. Can you tell me what he said to you and what you said to him? Sure, I'll tell you, uh, 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 Cam couldn't have been nicer to me. He was extremely humble. He congratulated me. Uh, wish me the best. I told him uh, just congratulations you know, on his outstanding season and just what a great future he has ahead of him. He'll be back in that game, I can promise you. So He'll be back. 
This is coming from the quarterback that played against me, recognizes what he's going through. But, you know, y'all who are sitting on the sideline, or not even sitting on the sideline, y'all are who are sitting at home. Um, I've been on that are just sitting back and watching him fail, and you're just rubbing your hands like Birdman. Just so happy that this dude is messing up, and I don't understand that. That's what I don't understand. Like, why? Why? You know what? Uh, Let me see. Let me go to Twitter real fast and um, do a search for... Cam Newton nigger. Because it's it's just <sighs> it's funny to me how many people are quick to say that we uh, we don't mean anything bad by it. He let us all down. He uh, should do better as a as a as a player. He should uh, be a better person than this. Cam Newton, nigger. White people are going crazy out here. Cam Newton is what happens when a nigger tries to do a white man's job. Cam Newton, more like dabbing, stupid fucking nigger who chokes under pressure. Glad that racist fucking nigger lost, loser. My dad keeps dabbing to make fun of Cam Newton while he calls him a nigger. Haha, where's your God now, Carolina? Cam Newton, nigger army. If Cam Newton wants to claim being a nigger is why people hate him, he also has to accept the fact that being a nigger is why he lost. The fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant? The entire time the Super Bowl's been on, my dad has just been sitting here calling Cam Newton a nigger. No wonder he supports Trump. That nigger Cam Newton has zero awareness. Tom Brady should have won MVP, not Cam Newton. That fucking nigger doesn't deserve shit. Peyton Manning about the sauce on that nigger Cam Newton Cam Newton is a great player but he's a nigger so Cam Newton is just a million dollar nigger (sighs) is there a Vegas bet for the over-under for utterances of the word nigger directed at Cam Newton when he scores. This white kid in my English class said Cam Newton's the only nigger from Auburn I like. Rooting for the Panthers and that egotistical, narcissistic nigger Cam Newton. Nobody ever said Steve Young ran like a nigger. Nobody ever said a nigger runs like Steve Young. Quit bringing up Cam Newton's race, niggers. Now, even before the Super Bowl began, 
they were hating on Cam Newton. Even before it started, they were already ready. We'll get to that in a second. Batman spin the beats, this single simulcast. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Start my day up on the roof. There's nothing like this type of view. Point the clicker at the two. Prefer expensive news. New car, new girl. New ice, new glass. New watch, good times, baby. It's good times, yeah. She washed my back three times a day. This shower head feels so amazing. We'll both be high. The help don't stare. They just walk by. They must don't care. A million, one, a million, two. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms The maids come around too much Parents ain't around enough Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar Too many white lies and white lines Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends Real love I'm searching for a real love A real love I'm searching for a To what you can't imagine We are the Zanny Nashin' Caddy smashing, Braddy Assy Maddie Snastin' Daddy's jagging, Use the shit for batting practice Adam and Annie thrashing, Purchasing crappy grams With half the hand of cash you handed Panic and patch me up Pappy done lashkied us Toying with raggy hands And Mammy done had enough Brash as fuck Reaching all these aqueducts Don't believe us Treat us like we can't erupt yeah. We end our day up on the roof I say I'll jump, I never do But when I'm drunk, I act the fool Talking about Do their so wings until it suits I'm on that ledge She grabs my arm She slaps my head It's good times, yeah Sleep if summer, sip a fall it's down like 60 stories And some don't end The way they should My silver spoon Is very good A million one A million cash Close my eyes And feel the crash Too many bottles of this wine We can't pronounce 
too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends.
single simulcast, Fat Man Wild Rashani. Um, it's been a while since I did the first half of this episode. So anything that I talked about, anything that I left off about, anything that I said I was going to talk about later on, I was fucking kidding. <laughs> um, so I got bored a couple of days ago and decided that the only way for me to get out of that boredom, the only way for me to feel better about myself as a person was to... Um, start beating the shit out of people in words with friends. So I have started playing that again. And if I've beaten you, just know that it um, had no malice behind it. Um, I beat men and women alike. Um, I'm an equal opportunity beater. Um, I beat myself once. Um, that was awkward because I totally saw the words coming. I just couldn't do nothing about it. And... I realize while I'm playing words with friends and losing friends because I'm beating friends in words with friends, um, your friends will take an ass whooping like maybe once. You know how good your friends are by how many times they keep coming back to play against you in words with friends. Um, if you beat the shit out of somebody and they come back once, they're all right. If you beat them twice badly, they usually don't come back a third time. You know what I'm saying? They usually are like, okay, this person's trolling me. I'm just going to move on. Um, but if they stick around and they keep coming back for more ass weapons, either they don't have any other friends, which is a possibility. I don't know. Or they are just really upping your self-esteem. They are helping you out. That's a true buddy. And you should lose to them in kind, but fuck that shit. Um, anyhow, I was playing Words of Friends um, against a lot of people. And while I was playing against lots of people, I came to the realization that a lot of words that I use in my day-to-day -day life aren't real. And I know a lot of y'all are like Rashani, duh, you make you made up the phrase Derekism. Yeah, I did. But still, a lot of words that I thought should have been realer than they are really aren't. So the word toll. Like, that's not a real word. And I was shocked to find out the toll isn't a real word because I use toll on a day to day basis. Uh, whenever somebody fucks up in my house, I'm like, I told you, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. I told you. And that's not a real word. And I was put out. Oh, another word that isn't a real word, but should be a real word is yes. Yes is not a real word. And if you make it a compound word, yes, bitch is not a real word either. It just blew my mind to find out yes, bitch was not in the dictionary. I, I swore to God. I just knew yes, bitch was in the dictionary. I, 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 you couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I had a triple word score. Nothing is sadder than thinking you got a triple word score and finding out that your word isn't real. Such the fact that wah isn't a real word. I thought wah was a real word because my little nephew used to ask me for wah wah when he was thirsty. And I was like, okay, you know, dada isn't a real word either. These are things that are just blowing my mind. Because when you get down to the nitty gritty of words with friends, words with friends is really you're trying not to get stuck with three certain letters at the end of the game. Those three certain, certain letters are V, X, actually four, V, X, Q, and J. 
If you get stuck with those four letters, you have screwed yourself. So at that point in time, I try and make up a lot of, I, I mean, I, I, I try and use a lot of the words that I use on a day-to-day basis, such as Ja. Ja is not a real word. I was unaware of that. I thought that it meant God. I tried it with an H. They didn't take that either. They'll take God. They'll take Allah. They'll take God and they'll take Allah. But they're not taking Jah. And they're not taking Hova. I was shocked. I was just put out that they wouldn't. I The word score on that was through the roof I mean I did the dynasty sign as I hit the go button and it was like hova is not a real word and I said the fuck out of here and then I found out outa isn't a real word either and then I got mad it's just words that should be real words aren't real words you know what I mean and then words that shouldn't be real words are real words like I know swag is a real word but still Still, swag. Like, I realized Beyonce just announced that she had hot sauce in her bag and all that, but swag shouldn't be a real word for all of us. So, I um, was at my children's school a couple days ago. Well, a couple weeks ago. I go to their school often, but when I say a couple days ago, I probably mean it was further back than that. And y'all don't care. Don't judge me. Judge yourself. Don't judge me. Judge my mouth. Um, anyhow, I'm at my kid's school, and it's award ceremony time. That's what it was. Um, and at award ceremonies, my kids get awards. That's the way it always has worked. That's the way it always will work. Um, this isn't one of those things where everybody's kid gets a trophy. No, my kid gets a trophy. <coughs> my kids get certificates. <coughs> my kids are bloody awesome. And so they get the best. And your kid sits in the audience with you while you whisper, you couldn't even get citizenship. You couldn't get nothing, really? They gave out like 95 awards. They gave a kid an award for most improved in PE. How the fuck does that work? How do you get most improved in PE? Were you not running before and this time you ran a step? Like, how does that actually, did you, did you dress was that what the difference was? You started wearing your actual P.E. clothes of P.E. instead of wearing your uh, pants and T-shirt that you wore to every other class. And so they were so happy that you weren't smelling like outdoor ass anymore that they gave you a trophy for. Was that what happened? How, how does that work? They never really fleshed it out. I don't even think the teachers knew how that award got given out. I think the kid just walked up to them before the award ceremony started and said, read this. and so they uh ended up giving him the most improved pe award and nobody clapped because nobody knew exactly how that came about and the kid's parent was just like 
yeah, yeah, that's my kid right there getting most improved. And they sat down and shut up because they realized that for their kid to get most improved, that means that they inherently had to suck before they got most improved. I'm just saying. So they were giving out awards and my kids got a grip of them because that's what we do. And um, before they started giving out said aforementioned awards, they have a kid come up and sing, perform. Sometimes the kid will do um, spoken word poetry. Sometimes the kid will do a uh, play musical instrument. Uh, One time they had three kids do a uh, written uh, play that they had done. Uh, Once they had two kids do monologues, which I at first I thought was awkward because I was like, how are two separate kids going to do a monologue? Uh, But then they each did the same monologue. And I was like, really? What happened? Y'all both put your hand on the same book at the same time. It was like, I called this one. Like, y'all, the first person couldn't pick it, and then the second person was like, you got me. You got me on that one, dog. I'm going to go ahead and take a completely different monologue. Like, really, you just felt that strongly about your monologue skills that you were just like, you know what? You're going to do that monologue, and then I'm going to do that monologue, and then we're going to stand side by side like this is a fucking star search, and they're going to clap for me instead of you. Is that what you really thought was going to happen? Like, did you guys practice together? The question started coming pretty quickly. Did did you guys discuss this? Was this like twins day or y'all best friends or something? Did you just know that you guys were going to do this monologue together? And what you were initially going to do is that every so often the other person was just going to speak up like a hype man. So was it going to be like, my name is Andrew Shepard. And I am the president. Like, what exactly was supposed to happen when you guys did this? So, they both did the same monologue. And what happened was that the first person got cheered for loudly. Because it was a banging-ass monologue. It was a great monologue. I can't even front. So, when the first person got done with the monologue, everybody cheered crazily. Like, And then the second person got done with the monologue. And everybody was like... But anyways, my kids weren't there to get mono, do monologues. My kids weren't there to sing songs. My kids were there to get trophies. That's what we're about, trophies. If you're not first, you're last. In line to get food because there's only two of you uh, eating at this time. That's what I told them. So they got trophies. And like I said, they have people who perform beforehand, the monologues and the, 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 uh, I haven't seen anybody do a magic trick yet. That would be fucking dope. If somebody put on a full on magic show before they gave out the trophies, I'd probably give them a trophy just for doing a magic show, a believable magic show. Not one of those stupid pick a card, any card sort of things. You ask me to pick a card, any card, I'm slapping all the cards out your hand. And then I'm just going to wave my hand over the ground and be like, all dim. By the way, dim is not a word. Go figure. D-E-M. All dim. All is a word. All is a word. A-W-L is a word, I think. 
Let me try it real quick. Because all them jounts, and jounts ain't a word. Like, really? But Z is a word? Z-A is a word. But jount, J-O-N-T, ain't a word. Ain't. It's not in, the, in, in, in words with friends. And there's words that I know are words that words with friends won't take, like doo-doo. Words with friends will not accept doo-doo as a word. I feel like doo-doo should be there as a noun and a verb and an adjective. He had doo-doo breath. That's an adjective. <laughs> I know that in the first half of this show, I was pissed off. But look, you see how long it's been. You see how long it's been since I've done the show. So come on, give me something. Um. Anyhow, so... Magic show. If somebody got up there and did a magic show, that'll be that'll be dope. They wouldn't. Um, and if they did, they'd never choose me. I never get chosen. Somebody chose me once to be hypnotized, and I didn't get hypnotized. And I told them I wasn't hypnotized. I told them like four times I wasn't hypnotized. And um they were like, No, you are hypnotized. So I said, fuck it. I started acting like I was hypnotized. Cause I didn't like acting, I didn't like, you know not being hypnotized while everybody else hypnotized. It felt like everybody else had caught the Holy Ghost and it had passed me by. I felt embarrassed. I was like, I can see what he's doing to you. I remember all of this. So I started acting like I was hypnotized and it turned out I'm a really good actor. Got to the point that the guy said, okay, you're done. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I kept going. I tried to lick the chair it got awkward because he hypnotized me to bark whenever he said a certain word. Licking the chair was not part of the program. But he never saw that coming. This is the part of hypnotism that you never know what's going to happen. I bet he never tried to hypnotize a brother again. Should have punched him as soon as he said the wrong word and then been like I was hypnotized. I tried to tell you I wasn't, but that was just part of the trick, right? Anyhow, so don't hypnotize me. Just let me do a magic trick. Uh, I want to see how it's done, like the whole thing. And then I'm going to do it and take credit for it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> trophies. So my kids got trophies. And before they gave out the trophies, they let this kid get up there and sing. And the kid got up there and sang and sang Ordinary People. By uh, John Legend. And just sang the shit out of the song. I mean, the song was just so beautiful. The kid had a great voice because uh, this was... 7th grade? 8th grade. 8th grade. 8th grade. Yeah. Final answer. 8th grade. And so the kid's voice was still breaking or whatever. So he used it to his, his advantage, like the lilts and all that kind of stuff. It was really, 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 really wonderful. And so um, I was pleasantly jazzed up by the uh, awesomeness of his singing. And so uh, told him so afterwards. And uh, then left for work because the perform the uh, ceremony is only an hour long. Went back to work, 
And I volunteer at my kids' schools a lot. So I see the kids in their classes a lot. And I had never really noticed this kid before because there was really no reason to notice this kid before. But now that I knew that this kid could sing, I was like, all right, this kid's going to be a star. Uh, Let me go ahead and talk to him and hitch my wagon so then when he gets famous, I can uh, get paid. You know, hey, remember I was a tutor who uh, used to tell you uplifting stuff uh, at school about singing. I used to, you know, tell you about the old school groups like Soul For Real. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. Anyhow, um, so see this kid day after the uh, performance or whatever. And try and engage in a conversation. And that's when I came to a really, really, really sad realization. I was just so, I was bummed out when I found this out. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing when I found this out. Singers are stupid. Like, not all singers are stupid. I'm sure that there's a lot of just brilliant singers. But... I just inherently thought that all singers were smart. I don't know why. I don't know who pushed or who impressed that thought on me, but I was wrong. And I am willing to admit it because this kid was dumb as a motherfucker. This kid was just so stupid. Like he just, he didn't even expect the world to be handed to him. He just would sit there open mouthed and flies would just fly into his mouth and be like, the hot tub is open. And all the flies from the yard would come out like that nigga had a milkshake in his throat. And it was just like, close your mouth, dog. You're a mouth breather. He was a mouth breather. He was. I'm sad now just thinking about this mouth-breathing singer. (coughs) I swear I saw him drool once. Like, what exactly are you dreaming about? Are you dreaming about music or what's going on here? Because there's a river. He had so much talent, and then I found out he was just dumb. And at the next talent show, because remember, this was a trophy thing. This was an award for getting good grades. At the talent show, he got up there, and I was like, okay, cool. The talent show, he's going to get up there. He's going to sing something else, and he's going to bang it out. That motherfucker had the nerve to sing Ordinary People again. Three weeks later, they had a talent show. That nigga got up there and sang Ordinary People again, and I booed. I booed that eighth grader and I was like, look, to my wife, of course, I'm not going to say it out loud. His parents probably, his parents probably wouldn't know what to do either. If he's stupid, stupid is, stupid does. His parents probably stupid too. His parents probably hitched their whole wagon to him being a singer. And don't worry about reading, baby. You just got to hear the music and feel the music and memorize the music. But... How you gonna get up here and sing the same song you just sang a couple? Like, ain't nobody gonna notice, nigga. These your your classmates. And all the girls went crazy. They're like, ah, he's singing that song that he wrote. Because they're stupid, too. I was so sad. I was just like, how are you such a great singer and so bad at life? Stupid kid. 
don't know if all singers are like that though i'm curious my aunt isn't she can sing she's good she's not stupid her friends are dumb i'm just kidding no i'm not they don't listen to the fucking show her friends are dumb as shit i mean funny dumb Shit isn't allowed on words with friends either. Go figure, right? Like shit, dog. And dog, D-A-W-G. Not allowed. But more than anything else, I was just put out that I couldn't say told. Anyhow, um, what happened at the New Orleans? Fuck it, Fat Man spin the beats. This single song, cast. Bitch, I'm back. I'm popular, the man. This is single song, cast. With my daddy, Shadi. Peace. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi, catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive so I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama I like my baby hair with baby hair and afro I like my Negro nose with Jackson 5 nostrils I earned all this money but they never take the country Sauce in my bag. Swag. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. I, oh, oh yes. I like that. I did not come to play with you hoes. <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. I like cornbreads and collard greens, bitch. Oh yes, you got to believe it. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi, catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy, Alabama. Mama, Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. I like my baby hair with baby hair and afro. I like my Negro nose with Jackson 5 nostrils. I earned all this money, but they never take the country out. Sauce in my bag, I see it, I want it, I suck yellow, want it, I dream it, I work hard, I grind till I own it, I twirl all my middles, I no alligators, I see no, I see no, I see no, I see no, I
on the radio station. I might get your song played on the radio station. You just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. I just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. And I want it. All this conversation Always stay gracious Best revenge is your paper This is Tara And you're listening to Single Slimecast Hey yo Fat Man Wild Give me a little something for those cars that be booming Squash it It's your mouth On the water squat Skip Your dirty moment camera Skip, skip, skip Oh, can ninjas go Ramble, 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 ramble Woo On the water squat Skip Your dirty moment camera Oh, can ninjas go Oh, 
chill out with the Your journey moving, coming. Camel down, you know we going. How did that no mother motherfucking name? That yoke you and who's shopping at? Bring a bait, 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 bait. Kiss eight, bitch, you might kill a whale. Kill a whale, kill a whale, kill a whale, kill a whale. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. We're going to shoot it. Don't let computer go. I'm a motherfucking train saddle All my shit, very red, never seen a map you Meet your mind, you know, pop, gonna bargain get for Casoria, Casoria, gonna bargain get for なのかもしれないだろう。うん。ありがとう。ありがとう。俺は俺のわしである空。綺麗な靴。また汚しまくる。シューレース外す。エアフォースワン。それかボロいコンパスと思ったいかはジャンで。気分はロックスター。チューイン
place where they've based movies out of. It was a place where there was tons of uh, issues. I mean, you uh, put people into a uh, horrible living environment with shoddy uh, maintenance and, and, and no supervision as far as supers or, or, or maintenance people or anything like that and you leave them to their own um, squalor you're not helping them to get out. You're not giving them any job opportunities in the area. You're not doing anything to help enhance growth. Um, you know what? I want to be as correct as possible when I do this. So, history of Cabrini Green. All right. So... At its peak, the Cabrini Green was home to 15,000 people living in mid- and high-rise apartment buildings totaling 3,607 units. Over the years, crime, gang violence, and neglect created deplorable living conditions for the residents, and Cabrini Green became synonymous with the problems associated with public housing in the United States. Now, the last of the buildings was demolished in March 2011. Um, It was actually uh, the... Apartments themselves or the projects themselves were uh, officially built up eh, 1957 and in the days following uh, there were snipers on the roof in Cabrini Green after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Uh, There was constant gunfire from snipers positioned on the upper floors of Cabrini Green, which caused many casualties and much property damage. Uh, The sniper activity would return periodically throughout the 1970s. Um, In 74, there's something I didn't know. Uh, The sitcom Good Times, uh, ostensibly set in the Cabrini Green projects, uh, and featuring shots of the complex in the opening and closing credits debuts on CBS. I didn't know it was set out of Cabrini Green. Um, in 1981, Mayor Jane Byrne moved into Cabrini Green to prove a point regarding Chicago's high crime rate, um, and she only could stay there three weeks. Um, in 92, Dantrell Davis was holding his mother's hand on his way to school when he was fatally shot by a stray bullet. In 92, also, Candyman was released, which took place in Cabrini Green. Um, in 1994, uh, Chicago receives uh, a grant to redevelop Cabrini Green as a mixed-income neighborhood. In 95, demolition began. In 97, a nine-year-old girl was found in the seventh-floor stairwell after being raped, beaten, choked, poisoned by having a can of insecticide sprayed down her throat and covered in gang symbols. Her attacker then stepped on her throat. She was left for dead. Ultimately, the attacker was identified as Patrick Sykes and was found with the assistance of both community members and building gang members, all of whom were outraged by the attack. Sykes had a history of violent crimes, sexual crimes against women and girls, um, and admitted that he had covered the girl in gang symbols in an attempt to confuse investigators. She survived but was blinded and left with significant brain damage. In 1997, they unveiled the North 
the Near North Redevelopment Initiative. In 99, they announced the plan for transformation. In 2010, so 99, they announced the plan for transformation. It took them 11 years. In 2010, the last standing building closed. Uh, in 2011, the last high-rise building was demolished with the public art presentation commemorating the event. Now that we've gotten through that brief history, um, poverty and organized crime have long been associated with the area. A map of Chicago's gangland uh, incorporated notes locusts and said which as death corner. 50 murders, count them. At first, the housing was integrated and many residents held jobs. This changed in the years after World War II when the nearby factories that provided the neighborhood's economic base closed and thousands were laid off. At the same time, the cash-strapped city began withdrawing crucial services like police patrols, transit services, and routine building maintenance. Lawns were paved over to save on maintenance, failed lights were left off for, for months, and apartments damaged by fire were simply boarded up instead of rehabilitated and reoccupied. Later phases of public housing development were built on extremely tight budgets and suffered from maintenance problems due to the low quality of construction. Now, that was what was then. This is what is now. Cabrini Green is being rebuilt. Um, the, one of the first new developments to spring up from around Cabrini Green's demolition rubble is Xavier, a sleek 18-story eco-friendly building. Now, when they closed Cabrini Green, they uh, shuttled people out to other low-income areas with a check uh, for relocation and told them that they had to uh, get out of that area because it wasn't safe. They had to get out of that area because uh, it wasn't able to uh, support them any longer, things of that nature. Well, now Xavier is being built up and is now accepting tenant applications so people can move back, right? No. Uh, the new towers at 625 West Division Street start at $1,825 a month. One bedrooms start at $2,300 a month and two bedrooms started $3,275. That's a two bedroom apartment in Cabrini Green. Long known as one of the most notorious projects in the world where no white person wanted to go to. Now all of a sudden they're making sure that only The units boast such amenities as nest thermostats, floor-to-ceiling glass windows, and exposed concrete ceilings. The building's shared spaces include a rooftop with a chef's kitchen and two dog runs. With Chicago in the midst of a housing crisis, we can't help but to see the promise of these luxury developments coinciding with the displacement of Chicago's working class and the hastening demise of its affordability for anyone making less than $72,000 a year. <sighs> Back then, you didn't want me. Now I'm hot. You're all up on me. But you don't want the people who wanted me to be able to come back. It's the same thing that happened in New Orleans, as far as I know. Let me check. Again, from what I've always heard here in California was that as soon as uh, they started rebuilding New Orleans, they rebuilt it so then the folks who initially lived there weren't able to get back in.
So it makes me sad to hear about this because what has been going on for such a long time is that in impoverished neighborhoods, they are uh, taking away opportunities to kind of force you to leave. And then after they leave, they'll bring back those opportunities. And I did talk about this on an earlier episode. I remember that now. It wasn't that long ago that I was talking about food deserts and how it is out here in Sacramento. Um, But it's sad to me, you know, to know that people are openly trying to price others out of the market just so then they can sell that market to people who look nothing like the people who are priced out of the market. So horrible situation. And it's happening everywhere. When um, Silicon Valley was really booming, was really booming, uh, people were moving out here to Sacramento because they didn't, they weren't able to afford uh, the rate, the cost of living in the Bay Area. It was already astronomical and it was only getting worse. So they moved out here to live and then they were moving back out. They were driving back out there every day to work. It was a horrible situation. It still is. Um, So the prices down here, uh, as people came from the Bay with Silicon Valley money, uh, the price of the brick went up. And uh, houses that originally cost $150,000 immediately jumped to like $400,000. I mean, it was quick. It was it was very efficient. Um, I remember the houses by my grandmother's house. My grandma bought her house for about $50,000 um, initially. And it's in the hood. It's still right there. It ain't gone nowhere. People know my granny. Uh, She ain't going nowhere. She ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Um, They told her that her house was now worth $475,000. Nothing had changed. She had painted or she had my uh, uncle paint the outside of the house. But other than that, nothing had changed. The neighborhood was still the same. They had built a church up across the street. But other than that, nothing really changed. The only thing that had changed... um, her house from a $50,000 house to a $475,000 house was the money in the pockets of the people who are pursuing homes and the lack of homes that were available. They were willing to pay above and beyond just to move people out of that neighborhood. But in their haste to do that, they really priced people out of their own neighborhood. There's nothing scarier than living in a house that you have the only house you've ever known and know that they don't want you to be able to afford to live there anymore. My grandma said no. She didn't refinance. She didn't do anything because that's all they wanted her to do was refinance. So then uh, her mortgage, which was paid off many, 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 many years ago, um, all of a sudden would come back with a vengeance and be too much for her to afford on her uh, social security and on uh, my grandfather's uh, military payments that she was still receiving. So she said no wisely, but others said yes. And all of a sudden people started getting bounced out of their houses. 
refinance, uh, finally get the yards that they want, and they can't afford to live there anymore. So all of a sudden, some new person moves into the neighborhood. Um, and it's just like, how much is your soul worth? How much does the dollar cost? You know? Um, you're giving all of this up. You're giving up your your everything that you've known for the the allure of new money. And the new money you put right back into the house, but all you're doing is making the house nice for the next person. You know what I'm saying? It was just what's what's going on in Cabrini Green right really made me think about that. Um about how often they are uh looking to price people out of their homes instead of pricing people in to the homes. You know what I'm saying? Like you rarely see a situation where the houses are too expensive, but they are going to give you the opportunity to live in these houses that are out of your market. And I I don't mean like they're going to sell you a house outside of your price range. Like they're actually going to bring the price down to match what you can make. So then you can actually have your kids go to a good school and you can live in a nice area. That doesn't happen. You know, um, far too often when people think that they can afford a house uh, in a, in a good neighborhood, what tends to occur is that the uh, buyers won't accept their bid. And I know housing discrimination is a real thing because I've seen people get uh, let down. Not not so much denied as simply let down uh, on their bid for a house simply because their names didn't sound right. My brother, it happened to him. There are no white people out there with his name. I know that. So it happened to him. Happened to my cousins. There are no white people with their names. By the way, um, I met a white person who totally reminds me of Rachel Dolezal. Now, saying that, this white person is one of the nicest people in the world. Well, not in the world. Well, probably, yeah. Okay, she's really cool. Really nice white person. And um, has a son who is biracial. And so when you see her, she looks like she could be light-skinned. So since you're unsure of if she's light-skinned or not, you kind of tiptoe around the situation. I see now how, how niggas thought that Rachel Dolezal was black. Nobody wanted to be the first motherfucker to ask her, nigga, what are you? Because this white woman that I know, nigga, nobody knew. And she was so open with it. But at the same time, she talked like she was black. She hung around with black folks. She dated black folks. She hired my daughter to uh, do her hair. All this. 
And one day I was just like, we were at a basketball game and I was just like, I gotta ask, the fuck are you? That's a direct quote, by the way. I was like, I gotta ask, but I don't want you to get insulted. She was like, okay, what do you gotta ask? I said, pinky swear you won't get insulted. She said, okay, fine. She pinky swore, what the fuck are you? Get that clearance out the way first, and then what the fuck are you supposed to be today? And she was like, let me give you this whole backstory of my parents being Italian, and oh, so you're white. Yes, but let me explain it. No, you're white. You're not going to Rachel Dolez on me. You're not going to Jedi mind trick this shit into saying that you're a little bit lighter shade of brown. Nigga, you're white. It's okay. You're a wonderful white person. I can use you to my advantage somewhere down the line. But you're white. And my beloved didn't want to ask her. Shit, I don't even know if her son knew. Because her son would be like, yeah, uh, talking to me. And then his mom would be like, Remember, we went, to, we went to Aunt Tamika's house and Aunt Tamika, wait, what? Did she really say that her sister's name is Mika? Like, hold on, I'm confused. I didn't know. Apparently, white people have this thing that they do where they call each other cousins knowing that they aren't. laughing because you know we do it too but white folks really mean that I know that because my daughter's mom kept telling her she has an uncle that she doesn't fucking have and my daughter tried to tell me I've got two uncles and I was counting and I kept counting and then I started counting again because I only got one brother and her mom ain't got no brother, so I kept counting on my fingers. Like, where the, did somebody transition? Like, if they did, that's okay. More power to them. That's awesome. And then finally, I was like, who's the other uncle? And she told me the uncle's name. I'll get the fuck out of here. I'm very possessive with uncles. My brother is my only brother. Like, now she has more uncles because Nisha has brothers. But initially, I was like, you know, that's a very important role. You're her only uncle, dog. That's it. I mean, eventually her aunts are going to get married or whatever their choice is. And then she'll have like 20 uncles. But right now you're the only one. So when they popped up and was like, yeah, so-and-so is her uncle. You better get the fuck out. And then came back with like six more. Six more uncles out of nowhere. Just like poof. Like... They were walking in line and then just fanned out from behind one another. But yeah, um, I have no idea how I got on the story of Rachel. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Still not a word. Um, I need you to know how easy it is to get priced out of your own area. So then you don't start thinking that you're safe in your own area. Because the first thing that's going to happen is other folks are going to start to look at your area as a lucrative opportunity. And what's happening right now in my grandmother's neighborhood 
is they started about two blocks back from my grandma's house. And again, my granny's knee deep in the hood, homie. My granny lives across the street from a place used to be called Danger Island. You don't find a place called Danger Island in safe neighborhoods. When the apartments across the street from your house are fucking projects, yet they have a gate around them. And to quote the goody mob, you don't know if it's whether to keep you out or to keep your ass in. It's not a good neighborhood. So when you take that neighborhood that has the gated danger island right there and two blocks back, you put up some luxury houses. Nigga. Word. And folks were like, hey, have you seen those new luxury houses? And I was like, what luxury house? And they was like right there on John Still right behind Metal View. And I was like, fuck out of here. Ain't no luxury houses behind Metal View. Ain't no luxury houses in Metal View. Metal View is adverse to luxury houses. It will not absorb them into its system. And you know what happened? Initially, those luxury houses sold for about $350,000. If I remember correctly, my brother bought his house for about $220,000 for like a three bedroom, something like that. And then as the Silicon Valley people stopped coming down because it was a long fucking drive and that market dried up, nigga. The hood moved in. You can't put the hood one block away from luxury and not expect the luxury to meet the hood. The hood ain't trying to get luxurious, but the luxurious can get hood. So all of a sudden, lawns stopped getting cut. Niggas started parking up on the lawns. Started seeing boarded up windows. It didn't take too long. I'd say about six years. So what I'm saying is in about eight years, nine years. I hope to God black folks start moving back into Cabrini Green. And I hope that they're like the upper crust. I hope they're good people because everybody's a good person. I hope good people start moving into Cabrini Green and they just happen to be black and they freak everybody out. That would be excellent. This single simulcast, I am completely unsure of what episode it is. It's been so long since I've done an episode. Uh, continue to pray for me. Continue to pray for my 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 sister in law, yo. Um, they are with child. That is awesome. I am. I'm just. I'm. I'm just bugging out. Um, for those of y'all who know, uh, they they lost. Um, we lost our niece. 
uh, in September. So for them to have this opportunity is a blessing. And I'm so looking forward to just being the best uncle out there. Because my kid's uncle ain't shit. Fat man Wild spent the beats his single time. Oh, yeah. 916 Single simulcast at gmail.com. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. It's single simulcast. Uh, or at Rashani, R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I. Um, Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. Now spin the beats. Peace. Maybe I should iron out my flag. Maybe I should put another crease in it. Maybe I should iron out my flag. If you gang banging, who you beefing with? Your baby never hurt nobody, but he got his ass smoked at that mustard party. OG, blood, everybody know me, but I came in with the little home strip. Get out the way, yo, get out the way, yo. That nigga Duke just moved out, say, yeah, yo. And you know I keep gunners on the payroll. I even fuck with Mitchie Slick down the day, yo. Young General, these niggas that I spray for. You fuck around and catch 20 at this range roll. Man, that beef shit is what a nigga made for. I open fire on an open mouth, cash cool. Came in and bit with Chuck Taylor, screaming fuck haters. Bad bitch, I'm a fuck later, trying to touch paper. In a six tray rack, going crazy up to have what I'm drinking. Got me thinking, nigga, maybe I should hide on my flag. Maybe I should put another crease in it. Maybe I should iron out my flag. If you gang banging, who you beefing with? It's anybody killer this for anybody, nigga. Mainline, wayside, west side, nigga. Fuck me. This for Prince Sean King. Sucking out niggas. Calling y'all mean no D's all drop. Give a fuck if you with your mama when it's on the song. Pop you like a bottle of Patron. Then lay back with a bitch. Niggas, Westside, J305. No, give me stuff. Won't stop being a blood to gangland. To my dope kids, then locked up in a strange land. So when they be like, Slick, why we don't see you on TV or nothing? Shit, I'm still trying to get off the gang and jump. Cause when it comes to this being, I'm a monster elite. You could do a whole Damu documentary on just me. Call it the life of a 100% real whooper. That did it for the Grimm's moves and the roast. My flag, my flag, my flag, my flag. Maybe I should put another crease in it. Maybe I should iron out my flag. My flag, my flag, my flag, my flag. If you gang banging, who you beefing with? Beefing with? I put the whoop in the whoop like my DLBs. All I know is VNGs and FTBs. I ran phase back to back, that's on SDB. And if you claiming you a blood shit, you better know me. Big homie gave me a gun and said it better be empty. I was 11 years old with a motherfucking 50. I got love for certain niggas, I've been doing this since knee high. And you ain't a real blood if you didn't bang at the beehive. Westside A-hat, bang in a straight jack. Mr. L.A. back, free my A-track. Middle of July, I'm just trying to bring a May back. Whole city ride, I ain't even did a trade track. Coast niggas be like, cuz you crack. Niggas ain't going hard and shoot your stop rapping. I'm a PD Street rider to the cash. Flag, run away. 
Maybe I should put another crease in it. Maybe I should iron on my flag. If you gang banging, who you beefing with? RJ, what's that shit we was doing the other day? Blood to that uh to that mustard beat when uh, when the homie was beating on his chest and shit. Oh, you talking about that uh that uh the homies in the color show? Hey, niggas turned up and we about to hit the street. Don't be on the face and run. Hey, blood, uh, uh, hey, take uh, blood, drink, yeah, give me that motherfucker yeah. weed, blood. Hey, dude, do that shit, blood. The homies in the color show? Hey. Niggas turned up and we bout to hit the streets. The homie on probation make him sit up in the back. Bout to hit the weed spot and get another sack. I said the homies in the cut is on Down for whatever cause the homies roll deep. Finger on the trigger, bandana around the mat. Ride through the hood with a cup full of yak. Hey nigga, let me hit the way. Where the fuck you get this bar from, homie? Right, we about to run out of gas, my nigga. I'll push this motherfucker. Look at that on that beat. The homies in the cut of song, eh? Niggas turned up and we about to hit the streets. The homie on probation make him sit up in the back. About to hit the weed spot and get another sack. I said the homies in the cut of song, eh? Down for whatever, cause the homies roll deep. Finger on the trigger, fan down around the back. Riding through the hood with a cup full of yak. I'm a real cop to cripple, hope you niggas get the message Leave them 16s open, I'll make them look bad on records Chuck told me I'm good, now I'm headed down to the Cedars After that, straight to the hood with them tanners holding them heaters Sagging down the A-liners, war fucking no playtime Hit my first tour, I was still chucking up gang signs Homie still cooking them cops, hop out with canines Lot of rappers calling out names, nigga don't say mine The homies in the color song, E Some niggas bang the C, some niggas banging the P I'm really in the streets, you other niggas is weak Say, nigga, they got them niggas right there, cuz. Weird, nigga. Across the street, low. Man, I told these niggas the last time they keep pulling up over here, man. Niggas gonna be problems, cuz. Hey, cuz. Son, turn that fucking music down, nigga. Y'all niggas throwing ice cream. I'm throwing hot shit. Put a gank on you, shake it up, and slit your throat with drip blood on my ankle. Construct me on the drop for this. My niggas died for this, and I'm hurt. My dogs got 25 for this. Seize you done. I run without law, warriors trying to be IG, just not notorious. Lost the grip, they get you niggas off the dick. Got a chain out your range, and my cross is sick. Murder incorporated, of course you hate it. Outlaws enforce the hatred, get cross created. I'm from the clear to North Bricks, that's why I talk slick when I'm hungry. I try to chop a hat. Half a cake all clear. Shut down, Junior Mob. My beef the same. You got beef with Dizzle? Motherfucker, speak my name. Keep the burners. Motherfucker, sleep with burners. When I catch you, nigga, cross you, gon' eat the burners. Nigga, I've been boots, bad and burnt. Lost and turned. And I've been wise since the cemetery claim they dirt. I love that it hurt. Please walk, niggas. Outlaws, rush, nigga. Turn it over, stop on the ass and get it drunk, nigga. Hey, watch that fag ass nigga play Napoleon. Silicate the puppy, tell a pot, said it's on again. Sharks, fuck them all. It's only one Napoleon that's me standing here strong in a dress room with a tech on me. Plot of whoever next to me, outlaw, war, laying them on the floor like the after party 99 source of war. I swear to the Lord, they tell us that we mash for more. I'm trying to watch snakes handshake, smiling more. Fuck the Lord, they jealous that Moody for the hate pity. And millionaires is a my shit, do they pity? 
ass bitch.
ain't about to pick the day to start running. Look, honey, I ain't never ran from a nigga, and I doubt you ain't about to pick the day to start running. Keep running, keep running. The beat's so hot, the flow is so ice cold. Walk into the Gucci store, honey, I ain't home. I am on my shit, I need a pamper on it. Toilet paper on the side, for example, homie. Single simulcast. Don't know my name, and you slip. 